It's episode 997. We are almost to the huge thousandth episode. It's episode 997. It's the Relevant Podcast here in Orlando. I'm your host, Cameron Strang. And joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, author, speaker, and podcaster, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. And from Fort Worth. I think she's in Fort Worth right now. Our very own downtown, Emily Brown. Hey, y'all. Hey. Uh, We kind of have a momentous show today. Coming up later, we have the cast of the most expensive show ever made, The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. How else would the most expensive show in all of history want to make their big debut by coming on the relevant podcast? It's crazy. So I love it. They're, they're paying. They're paying us thirty-five million dollars just to come on the show for for, 50, for twelve minutes later. It's it's yeah. It's a huge budget. It is going to cover my my budget for about three weeks. We're good. We're, we're good. Those Bezos bucks, they really last. I need to get my spending habits <laughs> under control. Do some Dave Ramsey envelopes, but you know. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I, I, I'll be honest, I haven't, I'm not the diehard Lord of the Rings uh, fan, but I am very intrigued with this show. Like when we heard the story of like how much money Amazon paid for the rights and then there's all this stuff, it's just like... I am very, very intrigued to see what they created. So, I'm going to be honest with you. I saw these show- movies when they came out, however many years ago. Uh, my husband dragged me to like the midnight showing, and you all know that I only saw the first 30 minutes of it. <laughs> yeah. no, I, I, so, I don't I'm even know you. how well, then the TV show is perfect for you because you I'm going to love just, it. Yeah. I have no idea what's going on. Uh, I just watched the series for the very first time this year, um, like in January, because my dad found out that I hadn't watched it and he just was shocked. So we watched it all in like one weekend. I did try to watch it in college, though, with some friends and they put on the extended edition, which was already Uh, like I wasn't sold on the film already, but they put on the extended like edition versions. And then one of my friends quoted, I'm not kidding, every single word to the film and I got so mad at him that I said I would never watch his movies again because he ruined them for me and I kept that promise until this year so there you go I'm really good at holding grudges it's not a great quality that's a spite spite move right there yeah that is very spiteful the guy just loves the movie and wanted you to love it too and he yeah but I I hate when people talk in movies that I haven't seen like it is a really big pet peeve for me if I've seen it I don't care we can talk about anything you want. If I've never seen this movie, do not speak to me. Do not be near, like, just let me be in this movie. And he did not respect that. So there's a statute of limitations on that though. Like if you're like a year out and it's a hit movie, I'm talking, sorry, you had your chance to see it. I'm going to give you my color commentary. You know, that's just oh. the rule. But it's, there's, no, but he it's, wasn't giving commentary. He was He's just quoting, quoting it. Was it like, was it all. like, Tourette's was like involuntary where it was just coming out of him because <laughs> no, he loves because it so we much. All, everyone else was like, please stop. Like you're ruining. Like I wasn't the only one that was annoyed. He was just doing it and he was just like, I just can't help myself. Did he think he was showing uh, off? Like, look how cool I am that I know all these I think, words. I think a little bit and it was not impressing anyone. Emily. He was trying to show off for you. He was. No, absolutely not. Well, absolutely not. I mean, quoting Lord of the Rings <laughs> actually has the, the opposite effect. 
you know, it's actually you lose quite a bit of respect for someone when you they re, when you realize they've memorized the Lord of the Rings movies. <laughs> yeah, the extended edition. I can't stress that enough. This is not like the normal if you're one. Deleted scenes in in a in yeah. a movie that's already like four and a half hours. I'm I'm yeah. sorry. I we can't be friends. It's just that's, okay. that's, yeah. have you followed this? Speaking of deleted scenes, have you followed on Instagram or or TikTok the Office bloopers? Like mm-hmm. no. I, where do these bloopers come from? Like, there's the no DVDs. DVDs. Where's the DVD? Like, is there like? I, I, I have season four. Yeah, I had them. Yeah, I had before before they were like on Peacock. I had some of the DVDs. Yeah, I think they're all. I think the entire blooper reels are on YouTube, though. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. And YouTube. I think a lot of the deleted scenes are also coming from the super fan episodes that Peacock's been rolling out. No, I watch those religiously. I I know all of them. I okay. there's no bloopers in it. What they just add in is storylines yeah. and asides no, that were cut can, out. I think. Oh, I'm you're talking about like the true like goofs and messages. Yeah. Bloopers were like were okay. like this character is trying to do a thing and this right. character just cracks up laughing and breaks yeah. the scene. If you were to go on YouTube and say like Office season four blooper reel, I think you, you can watch the one that they actually packaged in the DVDs back. The thing that's crazy is how absolutely improv that show was. I, I when you watch it, it's cut so tight. I don't think you realize like they do. 30 takes and just wing it and then like michael and then you know steve carell will just like do different lines and stuff to try to get different reactions and like i, I i'm guessing 50 percent of the final product was improv you know like well, Cur- based on Cur- the bloopers wow. curb famously for a while didn't even provide actors with dialogue they just gave an outline and said hey make your way through the scene you know i've heard that's what they kind of did with like the confessional parts of the office like when it's just them uh-huh. and like one on one they kind of just said like a general idea and just let them talk. So, which I think like some of those are like the funniest lines of the whole series. Curb. I, again, I, I mentioned on the last show, like this summer I've been doing like going back to some of my favorite shows and like rewatching them as a complete work. I, I did that with curb as well. I think of you, Jesse, every time I do, cause it's, your type of humor of oh i love curb yeah i love it it's a great show but you know what's funny is that that approach that he took of just kind of winging it it's like very early on in the series like he was there like ready to do that kind of approach and some of his actors weren't quite up on par with him and so it's a little stunted in the early seasons but they they cut their they cut their groove after two or three you know yeah exactly anyway all right well moving the show along stay tuned up next it's slices me crazy i'd go anywhere you take me 1980s Summer soundtrack, Light and Jays, we were 18. Nearly out of our minds when the world was mine. When the world was mine. I don't care what we do. Can I kick it with you? Like it hasn't been forever. I don't care what we do. Come and cut me in two. Like I have nothing to hide. We you're listening to Bad Sons. The song is When the World Was Mine. Not to be confused with Nas's If I Ruled the World. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen season four. Episodes one through three of The Chosen season four are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for... 
slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right. I, you know, it's been a while since I talked about this topic. I don't, I don't want to exasperate it, but this was a pretty uh, shocking revelation. Um, the uh, our, our lawmakers in Congress uh, this past week signed a um, uh, the Intelligence Authorization Act for fiscal year 2023. Not it's it's a budgetary piece of legislation that basically authorize authorizes, you know, the, the government to spend on uh, intelligence and defense stuff for the year. If they sign, they have to do it every year. Not very glamorous. But in this one, some some dogged reporters, uh, you know, at the political reporters who read all the legislation that Congress signs found a couple lines that they felt like were pretty strange. Um, one was a, uh, uh, an addendum to this piece of legis- this budgetary legislation that, uh, preserve money for, uh, de- for our defense department to study quote, cross domain transmedium threats to the, to the United States national security that they, they said are uh, expanding exponentially. Now they were able to get some clarification on what trans I'm going to read it. Transmedium threats are, and these are craft that they've observed uh, operating in ways in the sky and water. So that's what transmedium in ways that they don't understand. Um, it also included a line that said um, uh, temporarily non-attributed objects or those that are positively identified as man-made after the analysis will be passed to appropriate offices and should not be considered under the definition as unidentified aerospace undersea phenomena. So if you catch that, that's a long way of saying, hey, there is stuff out there that we are, for the first time, lawmakers in Congress are acknowledging are not man-made. Uh, so this is this is actual acknowledgement from the the you know federal government in a piece of of legislation that they are uh, designating part of their budget to study non man made threats to to uh, the planet or to the United States um, that they've observed doing things that they can't explain. This is a huge acknowledgement, but it's kind of gone sort of ignored in the media. I get why it's a, it's a kind of a weird topic, but this is actually those are actually lines from a piece of legislation that passed this week that uh, the budget is being formally preserved to study non man-made craft that that they've observed, you know, zipping around out but there. But you have a theory and not to go into all of it. You have a theory that a lot of these these. uh you know, sightings are possibly dark tech that yeah. is being developed by certain parts of our military under top secret guises. They're being tested and other parts of the military. Maybe that pilot in the air force doesn't know yeah. about it or have the authorization. So therefore they're going, I can't explain this, but it's all okay because it's actually our government advancing technology and Correct. war technology beyond what our enemies are aware of. So if that is ultimately turns out to be true which we can't confirm yeah this line this throwaway line in the budget would almost be a smokescreen 
to the yeah. enemies to say, oh, it, maybe it is it, UFOs it, and well, don't it, look and over that, here that, anymore. You know, that's my personal theory, yeah. you know, uh, but but I think it's just as interesting either way yeah. that the the kind that of they went intelligence. Through, yeah. It made the news this year. They had hearings about it this year. So now mm-hmm. it's like, hey, we need to cover our bases to make it look legit. Like we're taking this seriously as UFOs, even though yeah. those of us in the know know what it is. You know what I mean? But like, <laughs> yeah. And, that, and that's you know. that's where I lean that that this is, you know, terrestrial technology being developed in top secret um that yeah but i also think it's interesting that if that's the case either lawmakers are are willfully putting uh, something that's untrue in in a in a law or they're being kept in the dark i personally think it's the latter yeah i think think, i mean i mean even the president of the united states wasn't even aware of the manhattan projects until weeks before yeah. we dropped the bomb, yeah. uh, you know, and, and drop bombs and World I mean, War listen, II. I mean, literally, we had primaries here in, in Florida this week and uh, in Orlando. The first Gen Zer, a 25 year old guy, saw that won his primary and will be going up for a seat in Congress in the fall. And it's a he's a Democrat. It's a very blue district. He's a shoe, yeah. right? So he's going to be a 25 year old in Congress. I'm sorry. There's a whole lot of people in Congress. I'm not saying he's inexperienced by his age, but there's a whole lot of people in Congress. I don't know if you've seen the, the, the Liz Cheney losing in hers. I don't know if you saw mm-hmm. the debate clips of who, who beat her, Yeah. but there's some really stupid people in Congress yeah. who have no, it, no it, right it, to it, be it, there. And so like, I, they got to keep them in the dark is what I'm saying. So. Yeah, exactly. And I th- yeah, I think it's wisdom not to show our hand to everyone just because they happen to be an elected uh, official, especially yeah. elected officials that are operate under pretty strict term limits, you know. Yeah, yeah. I this- feel like at I feel like at any minute someone's going to walk into Jesse's office and he's just going to like be taken away <laughs> and we're never going to see him again because Maybe. Been too because close. he knows he's got like, those two locks though, i know so he's fine yeah because <laughs> you're yeah, like you know things yeah. that you're not supposed to know and they're going to be like who is this jesse carey in virginia behind well, the mirror wall i visited i visited there last month and he is surrounded by military personnel his cul-de-sac is all military people they like, keep him there he goes jogging around military bases i he told me a story one time of him and his friend his friend was in the military that they were on a long bike ride along the coast they cut back through the base like i think he's just gonna be like tangentially around the base Ooh. and just will never hear from him yeah. again they just yeah. keep him because oh yeah like, Maybe they will, but I will say some of these bases are pretty nice. I, they got bowling alleys and stuff, so if they want to keep me there, it's not that bad. It's not, not that the bad, worst guys. Thing. I love that you're on this podcast, Jesse, with your theory, because I will go with the other theory, which is that there are aliens out there, and they are developing spacecrafts, and I love it. I support it. I, I mean, I think I'm, it's not, so I'm not close to that, I, but I think, you know, if you if just applying Occam's razor, you know, it seems like if I'm just looking at plausibility, and sort of the the history of military innovation again i'm not close to the idea and very well could be you know uh, 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 some sort of extraterrestrial species but i also think again it seems most likely to me that that this stuff has been under development for a very long time and you know i think with the advent of consumer like recording equipment, surveillance. Everyone's got a camera in their pocket these days, you know? So if back in the day, if you saw an, an experimental aircraft 
you know, you tell your friends about it, but you probably didn't have video or photographic evidence. Now things are different. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that's probably, I think that's a little bit more why it's more widely accepted, not necessarily because it's more prevalent, but because everybody in the world can go out and film it and upload it to the internet. You know, again, I'm not close to the idea, but that's just my take. I, the, the cold water that gets poured on it for me, Emily, is that, in the the expanse of space, the likelihood that there's life on other planets, sure. I mean, I again, I don't know what that means theologically, you know, with Christian faith, but, you know, is there other life forms out there? I think there's common sense would say there is. But those planets are thousands, if not millions or billions of light years away. So just thinking about that, to come to our little speck not one of we're not a major planet we're not anything to come here dart around in the sky fly around and not make contact and then just dart back home makes no sense to me like if they're going to come all the way billions of light years and they discovered life on our planet they're going to interact with us somehow they're not just going to like flit around and go away you know what i mean that's the thing that i mean I you don't know aliens they might not care they might just be passing by us you know i saw men in black maybe they're maybe they are <laughs> maybe they're among us right now yeah. I hope so. Angels and aliens among us. That sounds like a good movie. I would watch that. <laughs> yeah. Fra- didn't Sorry, Frank Freddy write that? I think Frank Freddy wrote that in the yeah. 90s. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a whole, it was a whole genre of Christian not, uh, Christian fiction there in the 90s. All right. Uh, what do you have, Emily? Um, I have some interesting, you know, science news. Scientists have decided to resurrect an extinct animal. Um, about a hundred years ago, the Tasmanian tiger, which was native to Australia, went extinct. But this team of researchers at the University of Melbourne think that they can actually bring the animal back using this DNA retrieval. There's been a lot of advances in genetics and just some artificial reproduction advances as well. Um, and they think that they can bring this animal back. Um, and not just one animal, but they really think that they can essentially repopulate this. And so this is really big because there's so many species or animals that have been extinct. So if they can make this work, it's kind of like, you know, where do we go next after this? So it's interesting. There are a lot of questions about ethics, though. And I'm thinking it, of some of them. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the ethics thing is, is a while. The thing that, I mean, we've been covering this beat in the faith and mm-hmm. science kind of segment overlap for f- 15 years now with relevant, mm-hmm. like technology is advancing so much faster than the ethics conversation, especially mm-hmm. from a faith perspective. Yeah. Like yeah. the church has stuck their head in the sand about stuff. Right. And it's like, can we? Sure. Should we? Should we? Uh, right. Maybe we should mm-hmm. stop and think about that. But the people who are advancing the can we aren't thinking about the should we. Yeah. And, the, and the people who would think about the should we faith leaders, ethics leaders, thought leaders aren't aware of how fast technology is advancing. So stuff's mm-hmm. happening. And then we find out about it later. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. when you look at it as a Christian worldview, God's creative intent. So if God, if we believe God created that animal and then like man did things to make that animal go extinct, is it, God's intent that that animal exists. So man needs to fix man's mistake by bringing it back to life. Or was, did God know the beginning, middle and end at the beginning of time? And he knew that that animal would go away. And that's kind of part of the plan. And God, man is now playing God by trying to bring back life that was ended. Yeah. Or what are the extents of dominion over the earth? Right. When, when, when Adam and Eve were given that, you know, responsibility, 
you know, what was there limitations to it? Or if it's like, Hey, if you, if you break something and figure out a way to fix it, great. You know what I mean? Like I think there's, but but do we have dominion over plant life and animal life, but not human life? Like, where's the line between we can mess around and reanimate animals because who cares? We have dominion, but don't mess with humans because the right. same technology is going to be applied to humanity to extend right, life and, you know, all that. So. And who gets to decide which right. animals we do and we do. I mean, you know, there's a lot there, too, of who's making these decisions. There isn't like, anybody. Just a and there's questions, too, about, you know, how will this affect the eco? You know, for 100 yeah. years, the Australian bush hasn't had this animal. How is the ecosystem going to be affected? if they are able to reacclimate, like there's so many questions, but I do actually want to read a quote by one of the scientists. Cause I think it, to your point, Cameron, it does sum up, you know, scientists are not thinking about the, the ethical questions. Um, this uh, man, Tom Gilbert said to me, the real benefit of any de-extinction product project such as this is the awesomeness of it. Doing it seems very justified to me simply because it will excite people about science, nature, nature and conservation. And so that's what, you know, they're just like, Oh, this is exciting. This is new. And they're not thinking about like, we're talking about like, what are the ethical, what is, what, what mm-hmm. does the future look like? You're thinking this one way, but you know, as sci-fi movies or just our own imagination can go, this can go a million different ways. And, and you have to look at the, like, if, if you believe in man caused climate change, Mm -hmm. you know, there are species and ecosystems that we, because of our negligence are, Mm -hmm. are, you know, killing off right now. So Mm -hmm. if science has the ability to prolong or artificially resuscitate that life, and maybe we can help it reacclimate to a new area, a new ecosystem, is that part of man's responsibility, as Jesse said, having dominion over the earth and caring for creation? Is that actually fulfilling what God intended? Mm-hmm. Or, or is it one yeah. big slippery yeah. slope? Yeah, and, but, and but that, again, these are these are big ideas that are layered and but just enti- ignoring them entirely or ignoring the topic yeah. of like transhumanism or even to the last slice, you have lawmakers sitting here signing a piece of legislation openly in their in their view acknowledging that a very intelligent life or 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 intel you know something outside of of what is created on this earth is posing a literal threat i mean that's the exact words it uses and and the church there you know are just openly ignoring it almost entirely you know like it's almost like you know, ridicule for even suggesting that a pastor should acknowledge, hey, there is some possibility if like Emily is correct or or, or if not just Emily, but like if people who believe this possibility that everything you think you know about God, creation and faith could be blown up any day now. And the strategy is, eh, well, who cares? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. th- to me, that is kind of, you know, concerning. I mean, the reanimation of this Tasmanian, you know, tiger or whatever it was, is 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 a, just the beginning of who said a slippery slope. I start to really go uh, the, the human application of it. We've been mm-hmm. talking about this for a while. I mean, we know that there's bio 3D printing mm-hmm. and they can create human organs, human ears, functioning body parts. So... You know, that seems like an amazing medical breakthrough. Somebody had a catastrophic accident. They can get half their face reconstructed. Somebody, you know, is waiting on a lung transplant. We can we can create a working human lung for you and save your life. I mean, that seems like an amazing breakthrough. 
But the question is, is when you get into like creating human bodies, human body mm-hmm. parts and designer DNA, and they can go into an embryo and rewire a couple of DNA strands to give you blue eyes and tall babies and smart babies and all the stuff. You can do all that. You are playing God at that point. And then the mm-hmm. question comes up, like if we believe in the soul and the spirit and the mind and the body, what is human and what is spirit? And is, is it like, if you're more than 51% you know, biologically made and only up to 49% artificially biologically made, you're still human or like, is there a tipping point where this is just a clone thing that has no soul, no spirit. It's not a human. How do we define humanity? How do we define life? Yeah. That's the bigger question. These are huge questions (laughs) and science can do all of this stuff. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. that's what I'm saying is like the church isn't even talking about it and it's Mm -hmm. all here because it's awesome. Let's just bring this species back. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. crazy that this isn't like the biggest conversation happening right now, you know, but welcome to my Ted talk. (laughs) (laughs) Greatly appreciated. Good Lord. This gets me going. Jesse, I'm surprised you bite your tongue. This is something you talk about for 20 years now. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, again, like, it's just like the, like I said, it's almost like not a frustration with, but it's one of those things where I don't know why more people kind of in kind of the the Christian space aren't engaging with these ideas in any meaningful way. Can I, can I tell you Mike, why I think that is? Yeah. Because I always feel like, I don't know if convicted is the right word, but I always feel a little uncomfortable in these conversations because I literally could be the person that's like, I actually don't ever think about this and could care less. And so, like, I hear what you're saying, like, we have to care and we have to think about it. But I think not in defense of people who are not having these conversations, but like when I think about my own personal life, I'm like, man, I got so many things I'm trying to lead well with and teach and talk about that this feels so distant and it feels so big and it feels so out of reach that I'm like, I can't spend time on that. I got to talk about like, how do we take care of the homeless people in Austin? Like, that's what it feels like to me. And and I don't think that, I think that's totally fair. You know what I mean? But, but I think there are, you know, you know, especially in ministry, there are lane because I do think, yeah, there. In, God calls you, you know, to do the thing that yeah. He opens your eyes to. So if that's serving locally, that great. Everybody has arms and eyes and feet. We're all different parts of the body of Christ. I'm saying the church has a role in this conversation, and I we're agree. neglecting yeah. it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying every leader has to, right. but I'm saying like there are entire ministries that are dedicated to the to the intersections of faith and science yes. or their interpretation yes. of science. Biologos. And those are the ones. Yeah, biologos, or on the other end of the spectrum, someone like you know answers in Genesis. But okay. both of them. <laughs> but, but seriously, I mean they they're in the 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 crux of their entire ministry is to try to validate through validate their Mm -hmm. interpretation of scripture through a of observational science again there are entire ministries dedicated to to these intersections that aren't really meaningfully engaging this and like i said i think everyone the 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 rate of acceleration of technology is going to make is going to force it to the forefront really soon and maybe what we can actually say is like for those of us that a don't we don't understand it we don't get it it doesn't cross our mind maybe we could be people who elevate the the scientists who are talking about faith and science and like point people to them and say hey this is a conversation worth having these people are having it really well let's go listen and follow and learn from them instead of feeling responsible like oh I have to talk about it. I don't even get this what do you mean and so right. I, I I think that's really great 
Totally agree. And people like BioLogos or organizations like BioLogos have great books and resources about creation theory and the origin of the universe and things through a Christian worldview and the Christian lens, but also very scientifically sound as well. And it's like, you just need to read the book origins once and you go, Oh, this connected dots that I didn't ever connect before. This helped me understand my theology, my faith, and I can go about my life now. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't need to like, you're growing in your understanding, you're growing Mm -hmm. in your faith and your understanding of God but it doesn't necessarily have to change the fact that you're serving the homeless in Austin. You know what I'm saying? It's just yeah. part of having a well-rounded Christian worldview. I agree. Um, I think this needs to be part of that, you know, but anyway, what do you have, Jamie? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, it has nothing to do with aliens, nothing to do with science, nothing to do with bringing back people from dead. This is just, I'm going to give everyone what you're really wanting is you're wanting a movie pass. Did any of y'all get movie passes when they came out? Uh, when was that? 2017? What was that? Did anyone have one? I almost did, but I didn't. A fantastic I, uh, concept. Yeah. Did you have one, Jesse? I did not, but Emily? I thought it was a great idea. Um, I did not have one, but I had friends that had one, and I do think I used their movie pass um, at various times. <gasps> I think it's a great idea as well. And in 2017, it came out, you could, for like $10 a month, $9.99, you could watch a movie a day. Well, they're relaunching it, you guys. And I am going to say, I think I'm going to try it out because you guys know I do love going to the movies. I think even mm-hmm. I go to the movies maybe more than anyone on here. I love going to the movies. You love going I to the first asleep. half of movies. You love <laughs> Even going. if I fall asleep, I love the experience. They've got the TV tray, the dinner, the the food, the drinks, all the things. Okay. And if you heard the last episode, if you know Jamie Ivy loves anything, you know it's Sylvester Stallone and TV trays. So <laughs> there you go. And I can get it all at the movie theater. Okay. So it's coming back and a little they're launching it in a beta form on Labor Day. So you have to join this queue first. Go to relevantmagazine.com. Y'all are covering it over there. We are. But you have an option. You give them your zip code and they have these general tiers ranging from either $10 to $30 a month. Would you pay $30 a month, you guys? I mean, that's two if movie I'm tickets. If I'm really going to movies. Yeah. I yes. would. I'll let you know yeah. I would. Yeah. yeah. I, I think yeah. that's a pretty good deal. I, but, yeah. don't, and, but don't like Regal and others have their own version of MoviePass. You can do a Regal Unlimited card for like 25 bucks a month and see a movie a day right now. At Regal I will Theaters. probably only do this if it covers Alamo Draft House here in Austin because that's really the only mm. place I watch movies. If and you know, know anything about does. Jamie Ivey, TV Trey, Sylvester <laughs> Stallone, and Draft Houses is <laughs> three. Alamo Draft House is super cool. They're I really awesome. like Alamo Draft they're House. All, they're we have one here places. in Orlando. I was going to say, there are other places, not just mm-hmm. they started here in Austin. But anyhow, there you go, guys. The good news of the day is that you might be able to get a movie pass again. Love and it. I'm here for it. I'm excited for it. There's been some good movies about to come out, I think. And so it would be nice to have a movie pass. So then I don't have to worry about which ones I want to see in theater. I can just see all of them in theater. I've officially shifted to the phase of my life where I see a big new movie come out. And I'm like, sweet. In three weeks, that'll be on HBO Max. And so like, (laughs) I I just wait for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like I instantly Google, when is the streaming release Uh for this film? And then every once in a while, it'll be like, okay, I should see that in the theaters because I don't want to wait. But it's not like the old days where it was like six months later that it showed up on HBO. It's now literally like six weeks later. So it's like- They show up so quickly. It's shocking every time. But see, here's the deal, you guys. You know, if you know anything about me, Cameron summed it up. I don't- don't go to the movies just for the movies. I need them to bring me the food and the drinks and have the chair that reclines. And that does not yes. happen at my house. So <gasps> there it yeah, is. You're stuck with a dinner tray. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, if you paid, if you paid one of your kids 20 bucks to do all that for you, instead of paying the movie theater to 20 bucks to do all that for you, they would. 
It's not the same. They wouldn't do not good the at same. Job. Bucks every yeah. time though. They wouldn't do a good job and then they'd be there and then the dogs would bark and oh, no. No, no. No. I loved it. How I loved the disdain in your voice when you said and they'd be there. Like, like <laughs> your the whole point of going I'm to the kidding, movies kids. is to get away from yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's great. All right, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned up next. The Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power cast joins us. Of course. I want to be part of something more You should have known I wasn't sure You're keeping quiet, I'm keeping score I've thrown my vices to the wind I'm better than I was, I've been You're listening to Sarah and the Sundays. The song is Vices. Hey, if you like this podcast, but you might like it better if there were no ads, you can do that. Head over to relevantmagazine.com and sign up for Relevant Plus. For just a couple bucks a month, you get this podcast ad-free. You get ad-free unlimited reading at relevantmagazine.com, including the full podcast and magazine archives. Our beautifully designed digital issue and a little more. Uh, Check out all the info right there on the Relevant Plus tab at relevantmagazine.com. Well, we have a few guests today. Uh, We got the chance to speak with the cast of Amazon's biggest series, television's biggest series ever, The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Our very own Tyler Huckabee spoke with Sophia Nonvet, Owain Arthu, and Robert Arameo about the upcoming series and what fans can expect adventuring back to Middle-earth. Here is our conversation with the cast of The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. My brother gave his life hunting the enemy. His task is now mine. Speak your truth. You're Stand with me. Ours was no chance meeting. Not fate. Nor destiny. Ours was the work of something greater. All right, so I was able to sit down with a lot of different cast members of Amazon's Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power series. Now, this show picks up many thousands of years before uh, the Lord of the Rings we know before before Bilbo finds the, that ring in The Hobbit. Uh, so there are a few familiar faces from uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's trilogy in the mix, but most of the characters are either new or they're only familiar to like those Tolkien obsessives who really know their Silmarillion back and forth. So uh, I did get to see the first two episodes of the show, and I think Lord of the Rings fans will be able to tell that it was really put together by people who care a lot about Tolkien stories and about Peter Jackson's trilogy. It is the most expensive TV show of all time, and that definitely shows you've got a lot of those sweeping cinematic panoramas like from the movies. And there's also just a great attention to detail in the sets and the costumes that you don't often see on television. It's definitely both a, a very expensive labor, but it's a labor of love for sure. So in this combo, you'll be hearing from Owain Arthur. He plays the dwarf King Durin. You hear from Sophia Nomvete, who plays his wife, Princess Disa, and Robert Aramayo. He plays a young 
Elrond. I enjoyed this conversation, and I think uh, for those of you who maybe have some concerns about the show or a little worried about uh, them taking a, a stab at something so beloved, uh, I think some of the things you hear here might help put your mind at ease. My first question is just kind of a general uh, group swim for all of you. Uh, I wonder about the the pressure and the tension of something that you're coming into that has so many fans, so many expectations, uh, so many ideas about what this show should be like. How do you try to honor those expectations and those ideas while still being true to wanting to do something new and having your own creative ideas about where to take these things? Yeah, I think I think when you read Tolkien he writes in such a way as if he's kind of like peeking behind the curtain in certain ways, you know, like, like that's what I love so much about reading, especially his first age stuff where something is described, but there's ambiguity there. And so I think as a reader, when you're there and you're, and you're in the story, sometimes I have to take a minute just to imagine what, what is going on. What am I trying to look at? And he invites your imagination to the table and to make choices. And the show is set in a time where we don't know very much. And so it's the, it's the showrunner's choices that they've made to connect certain dots and certain plot points on the map that we do know about the second age. And so I just hope that the fans can embrace that and, and enjoy those choices uh, because, you know, when you hear about what's happening in other storylines or something that I know from the Legendarium, someone says this happens and this happens, it excites me because I've, yeah. I, I, know, I know what happened, but I don't know how we got there. It's like that journey is sort of like what is sort of symbolic of our show or something. These characters are obviously they're they're very fanciful. They're very famous. They're uh, some of you portray some some pretty odd characters. I'm curious about the journey to find the the humanity or the relatability in these for you, despite the sort of fantastic surroundings that you all are in. Mm. It's. Um... Personally speaking, uh, playing a dwarf, you know, an other being. The biggest quality is quite human, which is relatable. And uh, in particular, um, Dorian and Disa's scenario is very domestic. And, you know, one way or another, we've all had a very domestic relationship or a partner in our lives. Um, and, and, and I think that's very relatable. Um, and I think JD and Patrick, the showrunners, enjoy that um, and and really take that story for a walk with it, you know. And 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 it's 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 a pleasure to be to be playing it as well. The idea of power is right there in the title, and I've I've often thought that a lot of Tolkien stories kind of centers around this idea of power. Who has it? Who doesn't? Who deserves to have it? And what it does to people when they get it. What do you think about this theme is relevant to people who watch this in 2022 and some of our own ideas of power, what we have today? And what does this show say about the idea of who has, and who doesn't have power? Well, I think generally um, there are many factors that excite, I think, humans to power. Um, I think one of those is fear um, because through we, we strive for power potentially because of a fear that we have that we then need to take control of the situation in order to get the best out of whatever that might be. And I think um, a lot of a lot of the power that drives many characters 
is out of survival, comes from a place of kind of survival. Um, and I think that's really true of the, the age that we're living in, you know, this sense of kind of... Um, solidarity and 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 sticking to um is very evident in the world that we live in today and i think what uh tolkien lets us explore is the idea of kind of opening up the gates and celebrating each other's kind of um uh, individual powers and actually the biggest force is when all of those powers come together that's when we kind of truly um overcome evil so that kind of sense just feels like such a a brilliant mirror and reflection to um, to today in the world that we mm -hmm. live in. Mm -hmm. That's really, I'm glad that you've honed in on that because I think that that's important. It's really beautiful. And that was very apparent from the first few episodes that I watched. Uh, so this is kind of a silly question, but it's something I thought about a lot. The, uh, the, this, this, the many speeches, the dialogue here, it's very, very beautiful. Uh, it, it's sort of, a, it can be sort of long at the end in style of Tolkien characters who tend to like have, a, have these long speeches. Is it difficult for you to make those work to find the uh the the sort of energy to keep that dialogue going is it hard to get yourself in the mind of a character who talks this way well i think it's it's sort of very i mean at its best it's it's kind of shakespearean really mm -hmm. um and so like i mean if you've ever done shakespeare it's it, it's useful i guess isn't it you know that it, it, tackling <laughs> that language and taking on this language you know it, it's heightened dialogue so there's kind of a reflection there but yeah it's yeah. beautiful and i really like the you know the showrunners have such poetry written into the dialogue that there's a musicality to it isn't there yeah. and it almost feels like it's really easy it doesn't feel it doesn't feel daunting because every single line as with shakespeare and and i love shakespeare and have worked with uh, been so fortunate to work with so much shakespeare in my time that everything just ripples across you it's not finished until it's finished so you don't feel like you're having to get there it feels like the appropriate next thing to say and it ends when when that speech comes to a close which is very shakespearean um and i think jd and patrick have done a great job of this kind of um seamless flow from from a top of a speech to the end that doesn't feel like it should end until the full stop happens within within that kind of rhythm and, and poetry of the piece survive this you and I Commander oh, oh, oh. wait no we keep moving why do you keep fighting there is a tempest in me you have fought long enough Galadria put up your sword That was the Rings of Power cast. Make sure to check out the debut on Amazon September 2nd. Biggest show of all time. Don't miss it. Stay tuned up next. It's our game, Karaoke Hummer. You're listening to Yacht Club. The song is Alive. 
Okay, well, it's time for uh, a little game our very own Tyler Huckabee threw together for us. It's a little different than some of the recent games. A little a little behind-the-scenes note. Our very own Jesse Carey had to go tend to locksmith duties. I don't know if you heard last episode, but uh, he uh, he had to run. So he's not part of this. But Jamie and, and uh, Emily, we have a game for you that Tyler put together. It is called... I, karaoke oh hummers. I, the minute you said Corey had to send us something, I was like, Dad, gum, I'm going to have to sing. In this karaoke <laughs> contest, you will each be given a song that you must sing a cappella. You can do the verse or the chorus, but you can only hum it. No words, no la la la's. Your lips must remain closed for the entirety of the karaoke song or until we guess it. Uh, so the other person will have to attempt to guess what you're humming. The person who takes the least amount of time for anyone to guess the song will win. Uh, everyone else, he's wrote this as though there was going to be a full cast. It's just the two of you. Uh, everyone else will be sent to the back of the karaoke bar, he said. Okay, so Corey has sent you guys your songs. I don't know which ones you're doing. I don't, you know, obviously. So here we go. Okay. Yes. We did something like this when I first joined this. Yes, cast. you did. Yeah, and and everyone, I I think you told me, Cameron, that I actually don't know how to hum. So this will be exciting. It'll be very exciting. Uh, wait, okay, but but I'm guessing what she's humming. Yeah, and, and she, okay. well, she, yeah, yeah, yeah. She she'll guess what you're humming. And I can yeah, pick I, any type of the song, any any way in the song, anywhere in the song, right? Anywhere in the song, anything okay, you want to do. These are all very well known songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here you go, Emily. You're up first. Take it away with okay. karaoke hummers. What's your first song? Okay. <clears throat> Good luck, Jamie. I'm going to time how long it takes to see which. Oh, okay. 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 Here we go. Okay. Uh, I got to remember how the song goes. Okay. Um. No guesses, Jamie? I think I'm doing pretty good. Just send me um, to the car- to the back of the karaoke bar. This is I am so bad. It's a small town girl. Oh, living, living in, a, in a lonely world. Okay. Yeah, I was hitting those notes. Okay? Technically, it was around 20 <laughs> seconds. So there you go. All right, Jamie, okay. you're up. Let's see if Emily can guess it. If you can do it in a way that Emily can guess faster than 20 seconds. Then you win this round. All right, Jamie, you're up. Know, Take it away. I only know three words from the whole song. Oh, well, yes. You don't need words. It's humming. I don't know how the song goes. Okay, ready? Here we go. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> Here we go. Sorry. Oh, Born in the USA. Yay, yeah. my gosh. Seven Good seconds. Job, Emily. Seven seconds. That one was oh my gosh. Tough. I'll be honest. <laughs> Jamie wins round one in a no, landslide. Oh, no, Emily wins round round one. No, your humming was so good that she got it in seven <gasps> seconds. Oh, that feels bad. Okay, okay. I feel okay. like you should get a half point. I think she should too. <laughs> okay, carry on. All right, you both got half points for the first round. That stinks. That's no that's no good. All right, here we go. Okay. Emily, you're up for the second round. Take it away. Okay. Um okay. Britney Spears? Yes. Okay. Um baby, baby. I don't know the song. She's got it. She's got it. Baby, baby, one more time. Baby, one more time. Yes. All right. If we're going to give it to her, she got in seven seconds. So there you go. Okay. Good job. Good job, Emily. Good job, Emily. All right, Jamie, you are up. Okay, here we go. Ready? Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Mm, oh gosh, that's so <laughs> I don't know what that one was. <laughs> because I think my home was, has like one she, sound she, the whole she, time. She stepped on a duck's foot and she was really a little bit it. like a whale, like a whale sound. Okay, I go, I'm I'm skipping that one, Corey, just so we're clear. I'm going to the next one. Here we go. Ready? Here we go. Mm-hmm. Oh, y'all, that's so bad. Okay, here we go. I think Emily should get a point. I'm so bad at this. I'm Wait, okay, do it one more time. Do it one more time. Okay, one more here, we go. here we go. That's all I know. <laughs> and it's a popular it's, song? No, it was a, it was from a movie by Queen. You got it. <laughs> oh, we we're, we're the, the champions. champions. Yeah, I, I it was oh, so bad. I, I like, looked down the document like, to find something. What was the one from Queen? <laughs> Emily should not be punished for this. <laughs> this, is, this is like an impossible contest. Right. That was a great like artist interpretation. Oh, That's what you get your own twist. Emily wins that round. All right. Thank you. Third song. Take it away, Emily. Okay. <clears throat> I don't remember the rest of the words. Do you know it, Cameron? I'm Was literally looking at all the song names and I cannot <laughs> identify what that one could have possibly been. Um, let me see. Give us a clue. Give us a clue. I gave you a clue. Is a country song? Okay, carry on. I can do it now. All right, do it again. Do it again. The artist? It's Carrie Underwood, Jesus Carrie, Take the Wheel. Oh, Jesus Take the Wheel. I, I identified it because you said country, and that's the only country <laughs> artist on the list. I've never heard that song in my life. So You've never heard that song? Never in my How life. Oh. How did you avoid that song? It was everywhere in like 2005. I don't listen to country radio. I don't know. I don't know. Mm. Well, it's a, I think it was also played on the Christian radio because she kind of don't listen to there. Christian radio either. <laughs> <laughs> what? The truth comes out. I listen to worship. I don't listen to this <laughs> safe for the little ears, 25 year old DC talk stuff. Safe that for they the play. whole family. Safe for yeah. the whole family. <laughs> And here in Orlando, it's safe for the little ears. Literally. Is that that's what they the, say? That's the marketing campaign. Yeah. Aww. That's hilarious. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, I, that's a mulligan. I literally, I literally feel like the listeners are like, Cameron, make it stop. Like, my ears are hurting. <laughs> All right, last one. This is the last one. This will be the last round. This is the last one. Go out with a bang. Let's do it. You got this, Jamie. Jamie. Okay. You got it. I believe you. All right, you. here we go. Ready? Yeah. Staying alive? Yes. 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 Good job. Listen, I don't think I actually hum. I think I just barely say the words in my mouth. <laughs> I was actually looking at your head kind of like bopping around and I was like, okay, I know the okay. beat she's going for. So okay, so she won. So she won the last round. Emily won the second round and you both got half points for the first round. So you both tie with one and a half points. So there you go. Okay. That's, That's the right, lowest Emily. score anyone's ever gotten on this. <laughs> so bad. Tyler is just sitting back listening to this right now, just smiling and smiling. He's got a smug face on. Yeah, that he got you all to do this. Eating his baguette. I love it. All right. Well, that'll do it for karaoke hummers. Oh, man. (laughs) 
We got to do it again when Derek and Je- Jesse are yes, part of the yes. Make them do it too. All right. Okay, cool. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank the Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power cast for joining us. We might have a little bit more in store with them coming up soon. Make sure to keep your eyes out for that. Uh, make sure to check it out as it debuts September 2nd, coming up just a couple days from now. Uh, biggest show of all time. Don't miss it. A couple other things. Head over to relevantmagazine.com to see all of our daily content. We're publishing the intersection of faith, culture, and justice there every day. Uh, and while you're there, make sure to check out the latest issue of Relevant. Our summer digital issue is out now featuring conversations with the Mountain Goats, Echo Smith, Rain Wilson, Naomi Rain, so much more. It's available for free uh, thanks to World Vision. Uh, also, if you sign up for Relevant Plus, our subscription service, our ad-free subscription service, you get an enhanced ad-free edition of the issue. Plus, unlimited articles and ad-free viewing at relevantmagazine.com, ad-free podcasts, uh, early release, exclusive podcasts, and actually a lot more. Go check out all this, all the info at relevantmagazine.com. Relevant Plus plans start as low as two fifty a month. Also, while you're at the site, make sure to check out our weekday devotional series, Deeper Walk, which is presented by Lumo. There's a morning devotional email you can sign up for, or you can check it out each morning in the faith section there at the website. Okay, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm Emily Brown. For Jesse Carey and Derek Miner. We'll see you next week. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com. They got bowling alleys and stuff. So if they want to keep me there, it's not that bad. Relevant Podcast Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.